This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. We're doing a little bit of a different type of unfiltered episode today. We are going to get just as raw and real and vulnerable as we do on all unfiltered episodes, but we're not going to be anonymous today. That's because we have the hosts of Completely Fucking Clueless, Sarah and Audrey, on the show today, and they are so fabulous. This episode is so great. We talk all about their queer experiences. They both are in different experiences right now. Audrey is single and navigating dating in New York City, and Sarah is in a monogamous relationship and has such an amazing story of how she and her partner met. So I am so excited to get into this. This is such a fun episode. It's such a raw episode. Make sure you are following these ladies on TikTok. They are so hilarious and they make my day better every single time they post a video. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right. We are here with Sarah and Audrey from Completely Fucking Clueless. Welcome. (laughs) Why did I struggle to say that? I almost said fucking. Completely fucking clueless. A little bit of a tongue twister. It's like a lot of long words. It is. Yeah. A lot lot of hard letters. Yeah. I misspoke completely every time. And autocorrect has to fix it. That's really funny. I feel like we all have those words that we'll just never be able to spell. Yes. For me, it's restaurant. Every time I smell restaurant, it is 
not right. <laughs> I recently learned that I can't spell bouquet as in wedding bouquet. I forget the first view. Um, but that's there's just... multiple U's in that word. <laughs> it's B O U Q U E T. I think I kept. Ugh, I don't know. Okay, words are hard. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to have you here. I oh. am so excited for this episode and for our conversation. I would love for you each to just introduce yourselves and just share a little of like what you do on Completely Fucking Clueless. 100%. Um, my name is Sarah Alice Liddy. Um, just go by Sarah, but Audrey and I usually say our full names on the podcast. So. I really like my full name. And so I, she, if I say my full name, she has to say her full name because it'd be weird if it was Audrey Jean Flowers and then Sarah. I love it. But yeah, so this is, I just like my name. Yeah. Um, and I am the co-host with Audrey to Completely Fucking Clueless. It's a podcast that we started in March of 2022 because we were super clueless about what we wanted to do with our lives. Uh, we both grew up um, as theater performers. We met because we went to Elon University and got our BFA in music theater, and we became very close. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a lot of very similar things about us. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I'm Audrey Jean Flowers. Um, yeah, we we started working on the podcast over a year ago now. Yeah. Um, was originally going to be kind of focused around theater, and then both of us were like, nah, that's not the vibe anymore. <laughs> um, and we we wanted to like make something that was a lot about like, A, we really just didn't know what we were doing, and we felt like the more people we spoke to about it, the more that we realized no one felt that way, but none of us were really talking about it. Yeah. Um, and we wanted to have something that like spoke a lot about vulnerability and like spoke very openly about like we've both struggled with mental health and like we've struggled with coming to terms with our sexuality and just like somewhere to sort of face the messiness head on yeah I'm really glad you pivoted because I think that you both are so amazing at talking about things that are so relatable and you do it in such a real way where like I can I can listen to your episodes and it could be a topic that I don't even relate to, but I'll relate to the things that you say about it and the way that you feel and the way that you express that. So, I mean, thank you both for just being so honest and so genuine in your episodes and your conversations. Um, to, to everyone listening, like go pause this and go listen to Completely oh, Fucking Clueless you. and then come back because they're <laughs> amazing and I'm, it's an honor to have you both here. Oh, thank you so much. Great it's an to honor be to here. be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like... I always have loved podcasts and I've always loved like the vulnerability that I feel like people can get down to on podcasts, especially because it's like very long form. Um, and I think it's super cool to be able to be like real and honest. And I think it also makes it a little easier sometimes. Like I know a lot of like uh, podcasters will do like YouTubes and stuff, but knowing sometimes that like I am like just like sitting in a room with like one other person I'm like it makes it so much easier to be vulnerable sometimes it's literally just my living room like I commute nowhere it's great yep um yeah I literally didn't listen I listened to one podcast Freya starting a podcast and it was about murder um but people always told me I was pretty good at talking so and I always <laughs> liked doing that um and as I've been described by myself and others, I lack a sense of public shame. So I'm willing to talk about anything. Well, in that case, I am so excited to have you here. Also, I do need to mention that my full name is Alana Lauren Dunn. For anyone who was unaware, you know, we got to bring that in. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I love your last name. I like that. Just like it ends with like, done. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I've recently started thinking about the future. And yeah. 
I'm having a really hard time accepting that I might in the future be losing my last name. And I know that I can keep it. I know that that's a choice that I have and that I'm allowed to make. But I don't know. I feel really torn because I, I just I feel like I am all on a done. Like, I feel like I'm yes. a, first, a firsty lastie, you know, and yeah. it's, it's part of my identity. I don't so know. It's a great name. It I is. plan on kind of trying to bully whoever I end up into changing the last name to Flowers because it's, in my opinion, <laughs> I mean, a baller last name. Yeah, it is. Well, I've already changed my name once. I'm not going through that a second Did you really? Time. Oh, yeah. Audrey's not my real first name. Or it What's is your, now. What is it? It was Olivia. <laughs> Why'd you change it? It didn't vibe with it. I never liked it growing up. Just always wanted to change it. So then I did. Wow. It's, well, I have to ask the dramatic question here. Is it the name Olivia that you don't like? Or is it the name Olivia for you that you don't it's like? It's the name Olivia for me. I'd say particularly because my parents thought that name was going to be unique. And then they dropped me off at pre-K. And there was in my <laughs> town that is smaller than Boston's airport. There was, I believe, six other Olivias oh my in my gosh. class. Um, and they also were... No offense to them. Some of the meanest girls I met as a kid. Um, so never vibed with it. Um, wow. Always wanted to change it. I've met some lovely Olivia's now. Sarah's partner's named Olivia. Well, that's I why I asked <laughs> if you have a problem with the name. I have. I hold nothing against Olivia's. Just wasn't my vibe. Wasn't wow. My that's vibe. really cool. I don't think <laughs> I. I don't know of anyone that I know of that I act. No, you know that I know. <laughs> The only people I know who have changed their names are trans, um, which is a much more valid reason than mine, which was just like kind of for the lols. Um, the lols. That's the fastest way to describe it. Whenever people ask me, I'm like, if you need it really quickly, I changed it for the lols and for the vibes. But, but you're allowed. Um, you were allowed yeah. to make that change. That's really cool. I, I applaud you. Um, okay. We're not talking about names this whole episode, no. but we could. Um, but what I really want to kind of dive into to start off is your journey with your sexuality both of you and and totally. you know becoming queer and and figuring that out because I imagine you weren't just born and we're like okay I'm queer here I am um <laughs> though maybe some people no. are before they can talk but yeah. I would love to hear how you you know first started to maybe question your sexuality and where that led you and all of that well if we could get into that whoever wants to go first yeah um mine's like there's not fully a story to it. I think partially because to some level, I think I kind of always did know a little bit. Like my family's pretty gay. Um, like my sim I'm the last of six kids and we're pretty gay children. Um, <laughs> like to the point in which I'm like, I think there's a genetic component to this because my dad's side of the family is all gay, but also Jehovah's Witness. So it's not like a good thing to be gay over there. Um, anyway, not the point of this. Um, I just never really questioned it and like my brother was came out as trans when I was pretty young and like I never really questioned that either because I was young enough it was never really explained to me the sister right above me is also queer um so I never formally came out um to my parents I just told them I was going on a date with a girl that I lived in the same dorm as um but behind the scenes I did have like kind of a weird journey of one of my closest friends um I didn't when I got a little bit older and became more aware of sexualities when I was in high school, I just kind of assumed I was straight. And then one of my friends was like, oh, I'm bi. And I was like, that's an option. So I went to one of my best friends and went, I think I might be bi. And she went, I don't think you are. And I went, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> and then like a year later, I was like, no, let's reapproach that. Um, but 
like I read as super straight. Like I literally had a girl tell me in high school, like you're not passably gay, um, which what does that mean? Um, so there's definitely been a journey with it. Like I haven't honestly dated the time I've been in one long-term relationship and it was with a man. Um, so like, there's still a lot I'm learning about my queer identity. And like, I, I made a conscious choice to be really loud about it when I entered college because it turned out there were a lot of queer women in my high school. Just no one ever spoke really up about it. So I just became um, obnoxious is what I had decided to do. Um, and so, yeah, we're still very much like, like I still kind of feel like a baby gay, but I've been out for like eight years. Yeah. You've been out for a long time. Yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah it's rather anticlimactic. I literally never came out. My parents just kind of, uh, I told them I was going on a date and they went, have a fun time. Wow. <laughs> that's in a way it's like, that's how it should be. Yeah. And hopefully that's how, you know, our society can work towards it being, but I think it's amazing how you were, you know, you just grew up surrounded by different types of people and people and everyone accepted everyone for who they were. And I wonder, like, do you think, you know, if other people grew up with older siblings who also were queer or trans or gay, whatever it is, like, do you think just being raised around it is part of the reason you were just like, Oh, like, yeah, that's me in a way. Yeah, I like I never really questioned it. And that's like, I know made my journey really easily. Like, but I have two cousins who like my family is quasi adopted because they got excommunicated for coming out as gay. Um, Because their family was all like my I have aunts and uncles that are Jehovah's Witness, and they literally have now not spoken to the rest of their family in years like that was a, a challenging journey for them. And it cost them a lot. Whereas like, I feel really lucky that like, the only thing that changed was like now like in dinner tables conversation when my family refers to like my future partner I always go and correct them and be like they mm-hmm. <laughs> um so I do think I was super super blessed with that um and like it, as much as I like had a few years of like becoming very aware of like sexuality and like whatnot I I knew it was never going to be an issue yeah I also think it's the theater industry like yeah. we yeah, both very gay the theater community yeah there's so many gay people and I think from a young age there's a lot of gay people yeah. too but there's substantially less like queer women queer I women do feel yeah. like there's a difference in the way that queer women and queer men are viewed in society like I went to an arts high school where most of the male population was gay and people didn't have an issue with it but there were still girls who were uncomfortable with me in fitting rooms and like mm-hmm. there were still people who were uncomfortable with it yeah yeah I forget if I answered the question at all. My ability to lose things immediately is impressive. I forget also, but I think you did and more. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Sarah, let's go to you. Yeah, I think um, unlike Audrey, I did not like always. Uh, gr- I did not grow up always knowing that I was queer. I think I had like always had the princess, like Prince Charming idea in my mind until I went to summer camp when I was twelve, and. Um, that is where I met my partner, um, Olivia, um, when we were both 12 and we were in the same cabin. And I just like remember feeling like so like interested in them, like and emotionally attracted to them. And it just turned into something more. And like, they were my first kiss. Like, so, um, I started like all of my dating and first, like, love and like sexual experiences were with women because after Olivia and I had like broken up at the age of 12 (laughs) um my best friend at the time came to me and said like 
I'm in love with you. And I was like, what? That one was like so out of left field for me. Um, And then we had proceeded to like have a relationship behind closed doors for about three years. Um, And I think what was confusing about that was that we had this like really intimate relationship behind closed doors, but to everybody else, like we were not queer. Um, And like, you know, so there was the, the craziness of like still talking with like men and like, and all of that. Um, But then um, once that relationship had ended, I was about 15 and I was like, okay, like I am done being gay now. Like that was such a cute stunt in my life. Like it is over. Um, And I just like really like pushed it down. I pushed all of all those emotions and thoughts and things down. Um, And And then as, and then when I graduated from high school is when I started to think about it a lot more. Um, I remember like the first time telling, like I was in an acting class and I told a room of people that like I had been in relationship, uh, relationships with people that were not men. And I remember like everyone just looked at me like the same. (laughs) And I, it finally clicked to me a bit that I was like, okay, like, I don't think this is necessarily like a bad thing. Um, But fast forward to the pandemic in 2020, I think like everybody had so much time to think and process feelings and emotions. And I sort of dealt with a, a few months of being like, what if I wake up one day and I'm 50 years old and I am just really unhappy because I never gave myself the chance to like really be myself or explore things or tell my parents Um, and so, um, I ended up actually reaching out to Olivia, um, to just like talk to somebody and the spark was still there. And so we reopened up our relationship and like, I remember the first thing I said immediately was like, we're telling our parents this time. Like I'm, I mean, and Olivia has been been out um since they were in middle school. Um, so it's a very different situation for them. But for me, I was like. I am coming out this time. I'm telling my parents, I'm telling my family, there is just like no way I can do the whole closed, um, behind closed door thing. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit about how that happened. (laughs) How long had it been since you and Olivia had last spoken? You guys know that I struggle with confidence. I'm always my biggest critic. And when I notice something about myself that I don't like, I can't stop fixating on it. I'm working on all of this, but it can be hard. A year ago, I noticed that my hair was thinning and I was finding more and more strands of hair on the floor every time I would walk around my apartment. When I would look down in the shower, I would freak out at what I saw in the drain. That's when I opened up to my best friend who happens to be a doctor. And she said two things that changed my life. The first was that she knows so many women our age going through the same thing. The second is that she told me to try Nutrafol. And so I did. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. A year later and a month before my wedding, and I cannot believe the number of people who have been complimenting how long, strong, and healthy my hair looks. I never imagined that this would happen. And naturally, as a result, my confidence has transformed. I'm no longer self-conscious when it comes to my hair. And honestly, that is a huge, huge, huge personal win for me. 
And you guys know I'm hilariously bad at sticking with habits and taking something every day or doing something every day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online with no prescription required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure that you'll never miss a day. You'll see results in three to six months. And trust me, it is worth the wait. You can start so easily by taking their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the Seeing Other People family 10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started Presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a Presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone, Presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed 
bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused shoes. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. So in a crazy turn of events, um, my junior year of high school and Olivia's senior year of high school, Olivia moved from Connecticut to the town that I lived in, in Westchester. Um, And so we'll moved to a town nearby, but the um, town that they moved to, Bronxville, would not let them in their public school like system. Um, They technically live in a a town called Mount Vernon. Hold on, hold on, pause. Where in Westchester are you from? Oh, Pelham. Shut the fuck up. I'm from Armonk. Oh my gosh, no way. How did, I, how did we not know this? <laughs> yeah, I'm from Pelham. I literally still live there. Oh my um, God. Yeah. And so um, Olivia lived in Mount Vernon, but literally the, the Bronxville High School was like two seconds away from their home. And um, because of like the lines of whatever towns, they couldn't go to that high school. And so they, and it was crazy, like hearing it from their parents. Like now they literally tried every other high school besides my high school. Cause Olivia knew I lived in this specific town in Westchester. No was way. Like, I do not want to disturb her. Um, but my high school was the only one that allowed them in to finish high school. And Olivia was like, look, I had to put your feelings aside. Like I just needed to finish high school at this point. <laughs> yeah. So when I was a junior and Olivia was a senior, they came to my high school and that was really challenging for me. I was like, great. Everyone's going to figure out that I I had relationships with people that weren't men. Like I'm going to be outed. And that was never Olivia's vendetta. It was just all my anxiety. Um, And we reopened our relationship uh, for a little bit in high school, like maybe a couple of weeks. And then I had a guy ask me out and I was like, I'm sorry, like that is the safer option. I need to do that. Um, And then we when we reconnected in 2020 it had been like five years since we spoken wow yeah so we've been each other's lives for like over 10 years that's crazy yeah it really is it's it's a it's a cool story how did your parents react when you told them they knew um (laughs) and I knew that they knew because when I was in middle school my mom had asked me questions if Olivia was my girlfriend or if this friend that I was with if we had uh, were romantic together and so in the back of my mind I knew my mom knew I just didn't know how to tell her and I think she knew that I had to be the one to say it um but they were both super you know accepting which is such a blessing my whole family was um which is again like I'm so grateful for that because I know it could be a very different situation um but it's still hard sometimes. Like I've only been out for two years and while I've uh, been in a great relationship for two years, it can be, it can be hard, you know? What are some of those challenges that you face that maybe are ones that people might not expect? I think people think, and I, maybe you feel this too, like when you come out, like all the internalized homophobia, all the shame will just like go away wrong like honestly it like only amplified it more um and so like literally still to this day like I deal with a lot of just like 
shaming like myself, I think, for not being in the societal expected relationship. Obviously, it's gotten so much better. But for the first like year of my relationship with Olivia, you know, especially after like just coming out, I I really struggled to feel comfortable. Like I think I was always questioning like do I, do I really like you? Or like, are, are you just giving me attention? And like, there was just a lot of confused, lost feelings. And over time, I've been able to more and more come to terms with like, this is just who I am. And just because I am not dating a man, that does not mean that like, who I am, my relationship is not like invalid. Yeah. There's I- also like, not a handbook for it yeah it, like it's not like radically different than being in a straight relationship but it's not demonstrated to us on the same level like i in movies books whatever saw straight couples a tongue growing up and there are things that are different about being in a queer relationship and those just aren't demonstrated to you growing up in yeah. the same way so like it kind of to a degree feels like not going through puberty all over again, but like that sort of like refiguring out. Like, I feel like you did it as a kid. And so I kind of feel like I'm just like starting back over a little bit again, or I did when like I sort of first like re entered dating with that. It's on. Yeah. Like, you feel on. like a kid again or like a teenager again. Yeah. Like trying to figure it out, like questioning certain things and not knowing the answers to everything, but yeah. like still powering through, but then being it's like, wait. It's so hard to tell when a girl is flirting with you. It's <laughs> that so was hard. one of I wanted to ask that. Yeah. yeah. How, okay. Well, I, Audrey, let's go to you because you're on your dating journey now, <laughs> um, which I know is a kind of new thing. So there's a lot I want to hear about with that and just, you know, navigating dating in New York city for the first time. But yeah how do you know and how have you kind of dabbled with like are is 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 this person sending me single signals or am i in my head and if i make a move what's gonna happen i'm historically terrible at it to the point in which i will have straight (laughs) friends tell me a girl is hitting on me um and you it's not great when you're having your straight friends tell you when a girl is hitting on you um (laughs) Dating apps do take out a lot of that because you do know, like, we've, I know both of us have gotten recently into going to a lot more queer female bars because, like, I know, like, even having been out for years, like, I'm a lot better with it now. Like, there's sort of, like, in culture, this this idea of, like, the predatory lesbian. And so, like, I remember when I would have, like, crushes on girls, if, like, I didn't know they were gay, like, I would feel like I was somehow, like, guilty or, like, that I was somehow dirtying them by having a crush on them. Um just because there is that idea of like the lesbian that's just like trying to like attack all the girls in culture that like isn't really a thing that I've seen in real life but there's a lot of things in pop culture that aren't really real in real life um so (laughs) I would like get really afraid of like if I would come on to a girl and I would make them uncomfortable particularly like theater is a pretty closed small world and like word gets around really quickly um so dating apps do help with that because I just know like well, they are gay and like going to gay bars help with that. Like yeah. at least if I hit on a girl in a gay bar, they can't get mad at me. You're in a gay bar. <laughs> and not that I've ever had any girl get mad at me in reality, but it helps like soothe a lot of the anxieties of like just that I like personally have. Not that I've ever had someone be like, hey, fuck you for flirting with me. I'm not gay. Um, but it it does help like at least get over that hump and like getting more comfortable with it and being surrounded by other queer women has been really nice and like yeah. I remember being so hyped when Sarah was gay I was like <laughs> great <laughs> another one um, yeah 
Yeah, it definitely helps being around other, like, especially, yeah, specifically queer women. I know that, like, both of us, I have, like, tried to make more queer women friends because, like you said, like, sometimes, like, because heterosexuality is so, like, prominent in our society and culture, like, you know, I think sometimes when you are talking to straight friends about, like your relationship as like a queer person in a queer relationship sometimes there's just like things you can't relate to just like if like you're in uh like you're in one career and this person's in another one and you can't understand some of the things in that career um so I think sometimes that it can be a challenge but once you put yourself out there make more friends um and stuff it makes it easier yeah Yeah, I think that's really important. And I think something else that's important to note is like, I've seen, you know, friends come out and then they they do that. They search for their people, their community and people that they can really relate to and and also learn from. And I think it's really important to note that like, if your friend does come out and does go and, you know, quote unquote, find new friends, that doesn't mean that they value your friendship any less. It just means they're trying to figure out it out and want to connect with people who have gone through similar experiences and understand and what they're going my straight It's 100%. never that my straight friends are like saying anything offensive or bad. It's no. just like they just a don't, lot of it is they, don't yeah, they either yeah. don't have an experience or just like, again, like your own internalized whatever, because like as much as society's gone a lot better, there still is like a lot of ingrained internalized homophobia. Totally. That like just is hard to overcome. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure. And I think it's interesting, like what I've noticed since I've come out, or maybe it's just like the age that we're at. I'm 24, Audrey's 23. Soon to be 24. 24 in (laughs) 10 days. Yeah, you are. (laughs) Um, What I've noticed is like a lot of people, and and again, also maybe it's like the times that we're in. I feel like so many people are experimenting these days. Um, And so I think to a certain degree, like, everybody sort of gets it a little bit or most people do I I feel like I have a lot of people in my life that are experimenting and I think that's great and cool too because because we're both bisexual like we can be of service to those people we go to gay bars like we'd be like let's go there if you want to try and meet somebody and, and see if this is for you and if it's not like that's okay and nobody takes offense to you experimenting and trying things out Totally. I want to ask Audrey what your experience has been like now being on dating apps. And more specifically, I'm curious if you've gotten to a point where you've gone on a date with a guy and you've communicated like, hey, I'm bisexual. I actually always very early on communicate that intentionally. Um, Just because you can get a wide range of responses some like I've never gotten anyone getting angry at me or anything like that but like there are some guys who are like oh yeah threesome baby oh um and like I know I've been in one long-term relationship and I definitely during that time played down the queer aspects of myself for his comfort and that's not and he never asked me to do that like I recognize that he never was like hey stop being gay um but it was something I played down in an attempt to make him feel more comfortable. And that's not something I'm willing to do anymore. I'm not willing to edit myself or other people's comfort. So if it's going to be an issue, I'm like, I'd rather just up front, get it over with. Um, and so I always try and find a way to bring it up. Like on the very few first dates I've been on, or even sometimes when I'm messaging with people, I will bring it up just sort of as like a test 
like not to be mean, but like to see if they'll respond and like, or how they'll respond. And if it's something like sketchy, like, no, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a no. Yeah. And that's completely valid. I mean, you mm-hmm. want to know that this person fully accepts you for who you are and that you can be yourself. Me time. Like yeah. I'd rather not go on a bunch of dates and then find out like, oh no, you're, you're going to do that. Are you? Yeah. Have you ever encountered any gay women who are not interested in dating somebody who's bisexual? I haven't in my personal life, but I've seen a lot of it like on TikTok, which makes me like very aware of it. Um, And so I also to women try and bring up that I'm bisexual. I do feel like I have it a lot on like my social media. And also again, like I don't read as super gay, um, which brings up a variety of responses but I've definitely like I know on TikTok I see that a lot and like I even have queer friends who like I love and I understand the reasoning that they're like hesitant to date a woman who has not been in a relationship with a woman before um or like hesitant to hook up with someone who has never hooked up with a woman and I understand why because there is a lot that comes with it I've had friends who when being in a first relationship or in a relationship that is the first time for someone else like they've gotten burned pretty badly or like the person hasn't come out to their family and that makes it really complicated so like I understand it but it also like does make it then like sort of scary of like are you going to be rejected for just like not having learned enough and like there is a large degree to which I feel very behind both in like I haven't dated a ton and like I was definitely on like on the later end of doing sexual things and like both in straight and queer relationships I feel behind and like the only way to sort of feel like I've caught up is by trying people are going to be rude about it there's not anything I can do about that yeah it's hard because yeah like you said like the only way you can quote-unquote catch up is by doing but it's a matter of finding the people that you feel comfortable doing things with and that's the hardest part I've spent a couple of years being like kind of chicken shit and I'm trying to force myself out of that comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear about that. Like why now are you like really putting yourself out there trying to go on dates? Cause I know this is a relatively new thing for you. Yeah. Um, I think part of it was for the longest time. I just had never done it. So it was so scary to me. And I, a couple, so I'd been on, I think I've now been on like four or five first dates in my life. Um, and the first couple were very terrible, which made me never want to do them again. And then I a couple months ago went on. What about them was terrible? Hold on. Um, like just have the conversation was just so painful. <laughs> um, like we we would help out with the auditions at our school a lot. And so I often compared it of talking to a prospective student. Like you're really trying to make them feel comfortable. You're kind of pulling answers out of them. They're like, it just like the conversation yeah. isn't going and it like just kind of almost feels like you're like interviewing someone. Um And like every person I've ever been involved with, I've known within five seconds meeting them that I'm interested in them, which is something I find really hard about dating apps because I can't tell that. Like I can tell someone's objectively attractive. I can't tell if I'm attracted to them. Um, But I I went on a first date a couple months back that actually went really well. We never ended up having a second one, but it went well. So I at least had proof of like, okay, they're not all terrible. Um, And I just kind of feel like I'm... Like, I've been here for over a year. Like, I feel stable enough that, like, I can do it and, like, it's not going to fuck up my life. Um, And I'm not, like, desperate to be in a relationship. Like, honestly, there's a part of me that's like, oh, the idea of dealing with a whole other person all the time sounds 
kind of like a lot right now. Um, but I don't know. It just it felt right. I voluntarily like just kind of stopped thinking about it for a few months. But like, I don't know. It feels like the time to start uh, fucking around and finding out. <laughs> not literally fucking around not that there's anything wrong with literally fucking around i mean there might be some of that involved but yeah. <laughs> we're dating here like, around, a normal amount of fucking a healthy around. amount <laughs> exactly. a tasteful amount I love you know me i'm a classy lady <laughs> unreal um i'm i'd love to know both so you're both looking for jobs right yeah. now. yeah how does that impact how you feel you know both as a partner and as someone who is single because I know I mean I've seen friends go through this where either they lose a job or they are struggling to find a job or they're like we're going through a big like career transformation and they don't feel really settled and so that has held them back from either you know being in a relationship continuing a relationship or dating so I'd like would just love to hear what that's been like for each of you. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. 
I feel like a giant red flag in a lot of ways. Um, if you just list a couple things about me, they come off as not great. I think that's why I'm like, you gotta meet me. I've got personality, but I have my BFA in music theater. I'm an actor, question mark. I have a podcast, which people debate if it's a red flag. I don't it's a, think it's a red flag. <laughs> I think it's specifically if I saw the like white man had a podcast i would be like oh um and i recognize the hypocrisy of that if someone says actor in their profile i swipe left i recognize the hypocrisy of that and i work at lululemon um that's definitely something that has partially held me back from dating there's been many times where we've gotten to the point of a conversation with someone who asked me what my job is i won't reply because i don't want to say i work at lululemon um but I think I've now just been in that long enough. It's like, okay, we're clearly going to still be in this stage for a while. And I can't keep just like putting hold on life in hopes that eventually something. Um, so I really count on, I've got personality and I'm <laughs> trying. Um, but no, I agree. I try to avoid talking about jobs up front. I try to at least wait till we're in person for that. Um, because I don't sound super impressive right nice now. Job. Like, I'm proud of our podcast and everything and yeah. like whatnot. But like my main job is I work at Lululemon as an educator is what we formally call it, which is just a salesperson. It's a fancier way of saying it. Um, so yeah, no, that definitely has held me back. And I've just kind of reached the point where it's like, okay, I can't wait forever. Um, so I think you'll find somebody who will like accept you for it. You know, my sister told me she, she, people fall in love with her all the time. We've had very different experiences dating. Like <laughs> everyone is falling in love with her all the time. <laughs> Literally like to the point in which a real quote from her, she's like, if I stopped being friends with everyone who fell in love with me, I'd have no friends. Oh my gosh. She's not exaggerating. Literally everyone falls in love with her. And she was like, you know what? I think you're really specific. So not everyone's going to like you, but someday someone's really going to like Someone all the things will. that make you <laughs> yeah. really specific. Hey, and all I was it takes like, is one. All it takes is one. Exactly. And I was like, thanks for calling me weird, Rachel. But I appreciate <laughs> oh that my talk. God. That's my long winded answer. Yeah. <laughs> I, Sarah, I want to get to you, but first, you know, go, go. a few things. Well, I, one point that you made that I really like and want to call out because a lot of times people are like, well, why did this person just stop responding to me on a dating app? And, you know, there were times where you didn't respond when somebody asked like what your job is. And I think that's one thing where like you have to realize on dating apps, like it's not about you. Sometimes it's no. about the other person and where they're at. And if somebody stops answering, maybe it's not that you said something wrong. Maybe they just realize like, shit, like I don't feel good about my response to this. So mm -hmm. the easier thing is just not answer. Um, and that's, really hard on both sides but again it's it's not sometimes it's not you it's them sometimes it's not them it's you and you just got to kind of take that face value but um I totally understand like how answering that question can be something that you don't want to do and I've definitely had questions asked to me that I haven't felt comfortable answering and then the conversation just drops off forever mm -hmm. but um has that been hard with your sister just knowing like that kind of that comparison of like, well, everyone, yes. yeah, like, yeah, like that sounds like, really hard. Wrong. <laughs> like she is very hot and talented and wonderful, but I'm like, I think I'm pretty hot and talented and wonderful. Period. Not an ex in her, and then I also have like a very good best friend who is like, just literally looks like a Barbie doll. Is oh. the most conventionally attractive person you will ever meet, and is very nice and talented. And so I'm just like damn what am i doing wrong like people are asking my sister out all she literally was in bumfuck western massachusetts and i'm in new york city and she's getting more dates than me 
what am I fucking doing wrong? Um, but I also like recognize like people falling in love with people on like impact and look alone, like isn't necessarily something lasting. Um, but I also do recognize I'm an intense person. I'm a lot. And I'm not going to be everyone's vibe. I'm an acquired taste I've been described as before. Um, but no, I've certainly compared myself a lot. And I now just find it funny. Um, so at least when she's not doing great at dating, it does make me feel better. <laughs> Maybe that makes me mean, but... No, it it's, it's it's really hard. I think when people are surrounded by friends and, and or family members who, you know, their dating life or their career, whatever it is, is going really well and, and yours isn't, it's yeah. really challenging and, and it can be really painful. And it's like, on one hand, you want to cheer them on. You don't want to resent them and you don't want to be jealous, but it's like, well, why them and why not me? Yeah. All of my closest friends are currently in long-term committed, happy relationships. Sarah's going on a double date with one of my other best friends. And they're like, you can come. And I'm like, I'm not going to come. Like, I'm going to bitch about it, but I'm not going to come. <laughs> but they're all in very happy relationships. And I'm like, I'm so happy for you, but fuck all of you so much. <laughs> yeah, that is the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> okay, Sarah. Yeah, it's it's so interesting you asked that question because both my partner and I are at like these really career focused times of our lives. Um, Olivia is getting a master's and like wants to get a PhD and is doing and is also working at a psych hospital and like it, so they have a lot of work commitments and um, I'm sort of testing the waters with my career right now. Um, and I think, of course, there's sometimes where I literally was talking in therapy last week about being just like nervous about having time for each other. Um, but I think what overrides that is just like the immense support I feel from them toward what I'm doing. And I hope they feel like uh, with me toward what they're doing, you know, like Olivia's helping me write cover letters for the first time and learn how to make a resume that isn't theater related. And so I think, and in my past relationships, um, I didn't really have that support in, in the career, in the career world. I think, um, I was met with a lot of like, why are you doing that? Or like stuff like that. And so to have somebody that I'm, you know, with and believes in me and what whatever I want to do whether that's content creation performance this or that is just like really special yeah I think that's the most important thing is having a partner who's supportive and that's amazing that they support you in that and you know in even feeling a little lost or like not knowing what your next yeah. step is yeah a hundred percent I think Olivia always valid when I'm like I'm lost I don't know like ah Olivia's like it's okay like you're gonna figure it out and whatever and even though like their path to me seems so certain and so much more structured there are times where they come to me and they're like am I doing the right thing am I going into the right field or do I really want that um so I think that's really great and um you know, I love somebody that's really passionate. I think that was always something that was missing in my other relationships was I always wanted somebody that was like driven to do something. And so being with somebody that is like that, because I'm naturally like that has been really great. Yeah, I love that yeah. so much. And I love yeah. that you found that for yourself. Thanks. 
Thank gosh. <laughs> Took a long time to get here. Some really bad, right? bad steps to get here. <laughs> but hey, that's how we grow. That's how we learn. That's how we laugh at ourselves and, and cringe. At ourselves. <laughs> without it, we wouldn't have such fun stories. I know. Exactly. It's, we wouldn't exactly. have anything to talk about. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of things to talk about, I would love to hear if you have been able to pinpoint specific differences in dating men versus dating any other type of person. Hmm. Um, one big thing is like the roles are not as clear. Yeah. Like in most heterosexual relationships, it's usually on the man to like be the pursuer. Um, and that's just not as clear. Like the, just the roles are not as defined, um, which is really great in a lot of ways, but also kind of scary in a lot of ways because you have to figure it out yourself. Yeah. Uh, my partner always has this theory about like, uh, yes. yeah, being like the chaser. And so because in heterosexual relationships, it is very normalized that the man is going to chase the woman. But when you get out of that lens, who is supposed to chase who? And the thing is, is what ends up happening is everyone wants to be chased <laughs> so no one is doing the chasing um and so i think olivia has always encouraged people audrey or any friends of mine that come to them for advice to to try and be the chaser sometimes because like people want to be chased but you're not going to get anywhere if you have two people that like each other that <laughs> want you know so i think that is a huge element of it is that you, you're taking away the societal norm of the the guy initiating things, which shouldn't even really like be a yeah. thing in the first place, right. you know? <laughs> um, trying to think if there's anything else. Like being in, like, I mean, being in an actual relationship with somebody that's not a man, I mean, obviously, like, I've just, and again, this all comes back to like internalized homophobia things, but it definitely took me a while to get used to like going out in New York city and, and, tr and looking like I was in a romantic, you know, situation because you see two people who look like a woman, like women sitting at a table and it's like, Oh my gosh, your sisters, your best friends. And I remember when people said that to me at first, I'd be like really like bummed out and offended by it. Now I'm like, whatever. Um, but definitely like going out on like actual dates sometimes can be a little tough because it's like are people even looking at us in a romantic like sort of a sense of a way would you ever correct them when when anyone would say yeah yeah, yeah. there there's times that i'm like oh no like this is my partner and when i'm in situations where people don't know me and olivia personally i like really make sure that people know that like this is not like my bff like this is the person i'm dating um and usually no one really has an issue with it or that i've ever known about um i i'm as i've gotten more into my relationship i've tried more and more to be like out and proud because like that's what everyone else is doing everyone else is holding hands on the street so like why shouldn't i yeah absolutely this is gonna sound weird but like when i do see either two men or, or two women or people who look like women whatever it is like yeah. out in the street holding hands like it makes me happy like i smile truly and yeah. i'm like genuinely happy i'm like i'm so happy for them that they found each other i'm so happy for them that they you know feel comfortable being out because that's how everyone should feel 
And it's like, I know people who don't feel that way and who haven't gotten to that point. And it's like so sad to think about where it's like, why can't everyone, you know, like celebrate the love that they have and, and go and show it off. Right. I often find myself staring at particularly queer female relationships in public. And I realize that a lot of the times I'm doing it with just my neutral face, which does look angry. And I just want any women, queer people on the street to know if I'm staring at you, (laughs) internally, I'm feeling joy. It just might not be translating to the face. Yeah, like, Joy, maybe a little jealousy that they found their person. Yeah, I think representation is important. Um, I remember like I went on a date with Olivia to this like queer museum in Soho, and that was the first time I had ever seen um uh like two people who presented as women like have a child together because having children one day is something that's like really important to me and I I know that was something I thought a lot about when I was coming out and so yeah I think representation is important and that's what my therapist always tries to remind me when I'm like I'm I'm nervous to do this or what if people judge me because of that and so yeah yeah switching gears a tiny bit I know that Audrey, you mentioned that you think you're a walking red flag. I don't think that, (laughs) but I'm curious. I think, so I think that red flags are something that like, we can't all share the same red flags. We all have to have different red flags. And that's like one problem, like kind of a bone I have to pick with the internet because everyone's like, here are these five red flags. Like these are green flags. Those are red flags. And like, like, that's it. It's like, no, we all have our own red flags. We all have our own green flags. So I'd love to hear what, each of your red flags and green flags are being impolite to wait staff yeah slash that's like generally people that you view below you like i work in retail and there's a lot of people i can tell they see me as lesser than them um and whenever people do that to like waiters or whatever in public i'm like oh so you see some people as below you that's not hot yeah yeah i know a red flag for me just like based on like past experience is like like the, you know, kind of like controlling behaviors um, that people can sometimes display, like, you know, being very obsessive of like, where you are, who you're around. I think that's a pretty big red flag for me. Um, well, my ex, uh, do you know this movie Marriage Story? I don't. It's about this horrible divorce between this couple. Uh, okay. He had seen the movie. I had not. He told me that the couple reminds him of us. I would say that's a red flag. <laughs> I would agree. Without having seen the movie, I would agree. But I will go see the movie and confirm that it's I agree. A very good movie. Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver, very good movie. <laughs> Not a couple. You, you want to <laughs> Yeah, I think like green flags, I I mentioned this before, like I love somebody that's like very passionate about something um, because that's like, I think that's a great like conversation to have. Um, I love somebody with a use, I mean, manners. I think that's really attractive is somebody with manners. Do you have any specific green flags? Are any green flags I have? Um, I like gay people. Like I like other like bi, queer in the middle of the spectrum people just because I think there's like, I don't know very something specific about it that like is hard to explain i always say that bi people have a certain chaos that i really like um <laughs> that's a dumb that one is really no I that's really- not dumb i think that makes so much sense it's like i mean growing up you know my my parents always told me like date someone else is jewish because you you'll just get each other on a different level and like i feel mm-hmm. like it's the same thing it's like these kind of unspoken 
things about yourself that someone else like will understand and just like be aligned exactly without explanation this isn't necessarily a red flag i won't date anyone with red hair means we share too much dna oh my god (laughs) if we walk around together we both have red hair people are going to think we're related and they're going to be grossed out when we kiss (laughs) i will be grossed out when we kiss if we both have red hair but what if there's your soulmate out there with red hair they can dye it. <laughs> if I can just ignore it, that'll even work for me. Oh my god, no, that's, that's really funny. funny. I won't date redheads. I'm also weird about names. Like I really don't want to date. We know. Named we know you're near the pathway. We know you're weird yeah. about names. I'm, yeah, yeah. But I've had friends pointed out to me. I'm like, I would not want to date someone named Jeff or Lori. That's my parents' names. Like those aren't hard stops. But like, if I see someone on a dating app with the name Jeff, I'm like, ah, dad. Yeah, there were definitely names. I was a big name person if it was a name that was like really bizarre to me i'd like i'm like i'm never gonna get past the name that sounds really (laughs) stupid and selfish and i'm sorry to anyone who's listening who would define their name as bizarre but like (laughs) i told my ex i didn't like his name i told him to his face like several months and i was like i just don't like your name (laughs) like can you do me a favor and change it i'll give you a list of acceptable names to change it it's so easy i already know all the steps for the paperwork so literally walk me through it submit it for you (laughs) that's unreal okay my last question for both of you and this is my favorite question to ask what is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever received i think this is something that like i have learned in my current relationship and i think this is really important and what i like preach to people when they ask me any sort of advice is that like no one can read your mind you have to like tell people what you want um i always use this example like i love flowers and my partner was ever getting me flowers and sometimes I'm like that is something I think you could do that would show me appreciation and I said it and I was like eventually I like worked up to it and I said it and there's been other other times like more deeply where I would just like stuff down my emotions because I was like too afraid to to say how I was actually feeling because like what if they didn't like it? But I've learned that it is so much better to just say how you're feeling and to not assume that the person knows anything. Um, And so now that's really what I live by is like, if I just maybe over communicate sometimes just so that uh, factor is like helped out. Yeah, I think that is so important. And I love the flower example that you gave because (laughs) I personally have told Jake before to get me flowers. And um, (laughs) I really want to make a TikTok of like, so I, I'm very sentimental, so I save things. Yeah. So like, so for, he gave me a rose on our fourth date when we watched the Bachelor finale together, and he like, I jokingly was like, "So where's my rose?" He's like, "You'll get it later." And like, he was here, he actually had a rose in his desk drawer. Was like, "Will you accept oh this rose?" God. So like, so, I, so like, I hung it upside down. I dried the rose. I have the rose. It's right above me um, in the bottle of tequila that we drank on our second date. So very sentimental. Anywho, I've been joking with him recently that I want to make a TikTok of like, I've saved like a flower from every time my boyfriend has gotten me flowers over the last year and a half and then just show an empty vase because (laughs) (laughs) there haven't been many more times. (laughs) So... Um, yeah. I'm like maybe if I if I make that video, he will feel a little more inclined to send it directly to him to get me flowers. 
because I have mentioned that I want. <laughs> yeah, I think I literally was like, you know, it'd be nice. Like, I really, I've taught, because I did the whole thing where I like try to like drop the hint of like, I really like love flowers. Like, oh my gosh, like I got myself flowers today. Wasn't getting it. So eventually I was like, you know, it'd be nice. Like, if you ever want to show me that you appreciate me, like, can you give me flowers? <laughs> well, I, one day Olivia is just going to be like, well, you have you have Audrey flowers next to you every day. So yeah. you have your flowers. <laughs> My parents, whenever they came to shows, I'd be like, why didn't you bring me flowers? They were like, we made you a flowers. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to bring you that. <laughs> You're like, oh, but that's all the more reason for me to have them. Exactly. <laughs> Ironically, I kill plants very easily. So... Um, this is an advice as much as it's like something that I've been speaking to my therapist about, like in my head, like I've always said with dating or like out loud also, I've been like, it sucks that with dating, the options are either like you stay together and you get married or like you break, you up. break up and you're horribly heartbroken. Mm. And my therapist is like, Hey, maybe we don't need to look at it that extremely. Like maybe you can just like have fun and see if it works out. And it doesn't every time need to end in horrible heartbreak. Um, and if you think it's going to, you're kind of setting yourself up for that. Like you don't need to go on every date with a plan of like, getting married <laughs> I love that and, and I think that is so true and so important for people to you know take a step back and be like well or I could have relationships and dating experiences that don't last forever but I learned something or I have a really good time and yeah. it's a better approach you guys it's a better approach I love it therapy, love it. therapy. <laughs> exactly Great thank thing. you both so so much for being here where can everybody find you where can everyone listen to the pod all that Yes, thank you so much for having us. You can find us on Instagram at completely fucking clueless. And on TikTok at completely F-C-K-I-N-G clueless. Yeah. Boom. I love it. All right. And remember, if you are listening to this, go listen to completely fucking clueless. They are amazing. I love their show so much. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you for being here. Don't forget to give a five-star rating and review on Spotify and Apple if you haven't yet. If you love this episode two things for you to do one share it to your story tag both of our accounts that means so much to us and that helps us get the word out and even better send it to a friend send it to the group chat send it to your coworkers. there's someone out there that will have a very good time there are a lot of laughs in this episode there are a lot of laughs someone's having a bad day like get, get them this instead of getting them flowers or get them this episode and flowers and flowers, and flowers. we love it make people happy spread the joy thank you for tuning in we'll see you next time time.